This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. My Talkers, thanks for hanging out with us on this first Friday of 2022. We've got all things ahead for you. A lot of great things ahead here. We've got New Music Friday, the first one in a few weeks, which should be a lot of fun. We've got a little uh, Rocco's coming in for our happy hour jukebox trivia today. That's right, and they let me and Stephanie come back on the air today. And that's the beauty, Stephanie. They were very limited yesterday. There might have been something about a hairy pie hole that, that <laughs> oh, people misinterpreted, you know, something like that. But anywho, yes, very, very glad uh, that it's Friday. Although, once again, I feel my dancing plans have been wrecked by Madame COVID. Uh, she's Madame? A, she's, she's a biatch. Yes, she is. And we're all sick of her and her... Ways. What were your dancing plans? A little like Mancini's? Go to, yeah, go to Mancini's because I heard that music was back and everything. And Casey was like, hell no, we're not going to Mancini's. He's very, you know, I'm very much, I'm boosted. I'm vaxxed. He's already had the boost, the shots. Yeah, I know. I know. And I think he might and have potentially had COVID. COVID. Yeah, we don't, we don't know. See, I wish he would know because there I, is. In his head, he knows. So I keep telling him, you know, now, you know, don't even worry about I it. I feel but, like I got to get out of jail free card for eight weeks. Yeah. And I'm well, thrilled. I feel like I got a, out of jail free when I got vaccinated and I, listen, I'm an Air Force brat. I mean, we we went overseas, and when we lived overseas, it was shot day on the first day of school because we had to get cholera, and we had to get um, uh, malaria shots back then. I mean, we lived in Japan and the Philippines, so these were countries that had different... So uh, we just... Li- I mean, so yeah, I am Yeah, you just very, got your shots. Yeah, yeah. I'm very, you know, military that way. Like, we just uh, went there. But um, so I've been feeling like... You know that, but I really haven't been worried about it. And Casey, because he's home, this is my theory, people are at home more, um, catastrophize more a little bit because they've got more time on their hand. Maybe they're listening to more important podcasts or got the TV on or reading more stories and whatever they're reading. But they've just got more time on their hands to have things, you know, go around I, I don't have that like kind of time. Is, I feel like this is a little judgy. Well, no, it isn't judgy. It's just, it is a fact. <laughs> He's just scared. No, I, but. He's from, the catastrophizing no, thing is real. That is You all know, it like is. the bird 100%. flu, I was I in a closet. over the bird flu, but I not, had a tub full of water at yeah. Y2K. Yeah, no, I like, didn't do that. It's not like Casey to ca- catastrophize, but he is, you know, he has asthma, so he really didn't want to get the one that went yeah. to your lungs and stuff. And I'm like, even though, I mean, you know, does a man with 
you know, 6% body fat have to worry about things like this? Well, that you would be surprised. All right. You would be surprised. Okay, well, motion is lotion. I went to Pilates <laughs> today. Excuse me? Yeah, motion is what lotion. What is lotion? Motion, She puts Stephanie. the lotion in the basket or she gets the hose. But No, but you do know that, that moving your body, that motion is like your natural lotion in your body. That's why you got to... I've never heard it put that way, but I really like that because I'm like a big that? mover. Yeah, motion I, five is Five times lotion. a week, I do classes or something. I've been back at it. Yeah. My first year of COVID, I just sat on my couch yeah. and then I got a herniated disc because no, I wasn't doing anything. No, we have to move. And I went to a wonderful Pilates good class for you. today and I was just thinking... You know, it's a good thing I've got a pretty strong pelvis. I was going to say your triangle. My is... triangle is good because, I mean, if that goes, Casey and I are literally going to be screwed. You know, the same. <laughs> that'd, that'd be a real problem. <laughs> well, you learn to make you do. Know? But I mean, you do have to like those Pilates, those classes that are more, they're not as intense, but maybe you're doing more. They're micro muscles. Micro muscles. Bar. bar oh, nothing makes you more sore and, than a bar class. Yeah, and then kind of lifting up and then concentrating and all that yes. stuff. And the whole time, you know, I'm doing, you know, my little wings to the right and the wings and the turns, the windmills and all this other stuff. <laughs> I just keep thinking, motion is lotion. I like that. Lotion is lotion. It's all good because that's how you stiffen up. Yeah. No, when the COVID thing and I wasn't exercising because yeah. I was afraid to go to the gym and then spring came and I started gardening. Yeah. And boom. Yeah. And I was down for eight weeks and my, I, once you herniate a disc, it never really goes all the way back. Yeah. So now I'm in constant just right. maintenance and management. Right. And, I, I remember being quite shocked, though, when I found out that, you know, it seemed like uh, maybe maybe like my my mid 40s. And I just was like not as bendy and twisty as I used to be. And I just took it for granted. Yeah. Well, and that like just the movement and exercise and any kind of movement you're doing. Like I have slipped already this winter, like twice, yeah. you know, nothing ruins your life more than like slipping on the ice and really hurting yourself. But if you're constantly moving and twisting in different ways, when you fall, you're more agile and you're more able to get yourself back up. Yeah. Well, look, I did. I was just, I can't yeah. stop thinking about Carrie. Who's Carrie? Oh, from, Carrie. Oh, from just like that. Can you believe that show? Um, it felt real strange. I watched the whole thing. I finished it last night. You mean, so you've watched the six episodes? I watched them all, yeah. Okay. Um, First of all, there was a whole real weird scene about her having to pee in a jar, which was like, this would never <laughs> happen. No, I know. She would never do that. No, I know. Here, you know what? In a nutshell, what I feel like, and I'm watching it once a week, like every Thursday morning, and you know, and and I of course expected and wanted and hoped for so much more, but I guess the thing because there have been little moments of oh you know, but the thing that bothers me the most about this show about this group of fifty something women is it doesn't sh- it shows so few of the fabulous perks of the bleep it fifties, and it focuses so much on physical decline. Confusion. And it's all they talk about. And cultural estrangement. And so they're unrecognizable from their former selves. And that's not my experience with 50s. 
it, that has been the that has been the this the funnest chapter of my life so far. Well, I love that you, you say know, that. I don't oh, know yeah. if I'd say it's my funnest chapter, oh, no, but fear not. It's so much fun because there's so many perks. There is a lot of letting go of stuff that uh, you used to obsess it's over. It's wonderful. It's just wonderful. And you have maybe usually more money. They don't show any of the perks. And I thought for a show that showed all the perks and the over the top of what it could be to choose a career and be single and live in the city, they showed all this outrageous fun. Where's the outrageous there fun? There wasn't in this? any fun in this episode. None. Like legit. There's very none. little fun. The outfits were I loved maybe. The plastic surgeon. I did like that whole thing. But he even like you couldn't tell like yeah, I know. she should have like leaned over and kissed him. Yeah, no, I know. And where's <laughs> Aiden? We're running out of time. And that guy was from um He's from another show. Um what was the, it was the serial killer show. It was oh, super good. Jonathan Goff is his two name. episodes of it. And it was the like beginnings of how they started the FBI and the serial yes. profiling. Oh, yeah. That's how I know that guy. The oh, profiler it was such a good show. show. Yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. remember. It started with an M. I'll think of it. Okay, but it was think great. Of it. All right, um, Grant. I know we got to go. We're very late, so we uh, will go and we'll be right back with our story. We can't get enough of. And of course, that is Lulu. That is the lead, uh, you know, the song to the movie To Sir With Love, which starred Sidney Poitier about this inner city and his school in London. I mean, it was such a great... He was a great teacher. Great teacher coming of age. And I think for, you know, uh, uh, people that just... That song was such a huge, huge hit. That movie was huge. And when that when those credits roll and uh, that starts playing you're bawling you are you're bawling and my husband like can barely get through that movie without sobbing at least a couple times it, and it holds up and i fully expect tcm will maybe next weekend they'll run all the sydney poitier classic movies with you know a story How do you about get it that anymore I don't, I don't know. Is I it have on it your on cable? My cable. Okay. Yeah, i have my cable and 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 so he he passed away at the age of 94 so you know, a Bahamian American man, good long life. If you go on Twitter and stuff, anybody who you admire, follow Oprah, Ava DuVernay, Dionne Warwick, people are just paying tribute to him. Did you ever see the movie um, that he was in? Kurt made me watch it and it was so good called Lilies of the Field. That's what he won an Oscar for. Oh, oh that my movie gosh. is fantastic. That movie is fantastic. He won an Oscar in 1964. He's so the first- good black man to win an oscar and um he um also you know my grandma my dad's mom loved him she thought he was just dreamy and 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 i remember watching this movie a patch of blue with her huh and i must have been like i don't know maybe maybe fourth grade right and um that's where he plays a teacher and this blind white girl falls in love with him, and her mom is Shelley Winters, as this really awful racist oh, mom. Winters. And she wins an Oscar for this. Yeah, a patch of blue. That's another that. um, Sidney Poitier movie. That's that's very. You know, he did so many movies that explored racial tensions. Yeah. I mean, I think of In the Heat of the Night with yep. Rod Steiger. I hadn't seen that movie. I don't think I'd ever seen it. And I think during the sometime during last winter, Casey's like, we have to watch this movie. And it was phenomenal. 
I'm going to watch that, too. I'm writing all these down. Yeah. Um, and I would love to see Lilies of the Valley again. And Lilies course, of the Field. Or, yeah, Lilies of the Field, excuse me. And then To Sir With Love, I'd watch that again. And guess who's coming to dinner? That was a Catherine good one, too. Hepburn and Sydney or Spencer Tracy. Yes, I was he, trying to think of his yeah. name. And, yeah, he was really had um, an incredible career. He was so... Mm, dream wise well and so dignified and classy yeah and you'd hear him talk about race relations Mm -hmm. you'd hear him talk about his career Mm -hmm. about uh some of the obstacles that he faced and just poised and just a really lovely lovely man yeah he got remember a couple maybe like four years ago he got an honorary oscar he did and denzel Talked to, I mean, it was like really, and he came there and we were like, damn, he's like 90 and he's mm-hmm. looking so great. And he, he, his wife of 45 years survives him as well as six children from two marriages. And he's got great grandchildren and grandchildren. But he, yeah, would, I would like to revisit some of those movies. But I just remember watching A Patch of Blue with my grandma. Oh, and another one that he was in. Okay. This one is the one that started him. Well, he'd already been having an affair, but there's this movie called Paris Blues, and it's filmed in Paris. It is, he and Diane Carroll are magic oh, in this movie. Oh, she's beautiful, too. And his character, again, Brace, he talks about as a black man how free he is in Europe. Yep. As opposed to America. So you see that, and it's a wonderful performance, and he's so romantic in the movie and I feel like that movie was sometime in the sixties, but he had, he, he got married young to his first wife and Juanita and they had four daughters and he met Diane Carroll in the musical movie, Porgy and Bess okay. in 1959. And they basically had an affair. She was also married to her manager for all of the 1960s. They made this movie, Paris blue huh. blues together. Um, he he um, had, it was very, I mean, they even went, they were at the Academy Awards in 1964, the night he won. And they were photographed together and everyone knew they were having an affair. And in her memoir, Diane Carroll, The Legs Are the Last to Go is the name of her memoir, if you're wondering. Um, she wrote that in 1963, he promised her he would leave his wife for her if she would divorce her husband and move into this condo. And she divorced her husband and moved into the condo. And then he... Oh, no, he, he didn't? He, yeah, ten-room apartment. He phoned, he said, I can't leave my wife. I can't leave my daughters. And then he... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Welcome to the Snapple Market Auditory Experience. Close your eyes. Imagine you're walking into your neighborhood store. You make your way to the back and reach for your favorite Snapple flavor. You can't wait. You take a sip. Whoa, that's a lot of flavor. Mm Mmm. 
What flavor are you holding? Now, open your eyes and check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavorful Snapple near you. He had the locks changed on the apartment on Riverside Drive in New York. And until she like paid him because he'd made the, you know, paid it. And that's terrible. Well, you know, it was love, but he did finally split from her and his wife in, in 1965. And then he told Diane, I don't want to jump right into another marriage. Oh, what oh. a dog. So then she started dating other men and then yeah. there were some tabloid things and he got very upset and they were, they eventually forgave each other and everything, but she told it all in her memoir, The Legs of the Last So did go. they get, so all through the 60s, so even 66, 7, 8, 9, yep. okay? Yep, they just, they finally broke up and he wed, um, he wed his uh, second wife, you know, a few years after that and had two children with her and they were together for 45 years. Huh. So, so yeah, it was never right timing um, for he and Miss Diane Carroll, who of course is you know fabulous yeah that's fabulous. pretty scandalous good scandal well yeah just you know not to bring everything up but it's it's part of his his history and uh it's also a way to just get people to watch that movie paris blues yeah so okay so i wrote good. them all down a patch yeah. of blue in the heat of the night paris mm-hmm. blues mm-hmm. lilies of the field to sir with love yeah i love Deanne warwick she tweeted this she wrote on twitter he won Sydney once caught me following him. He said, little girl, what do you want? I muttered, can I have your autograph? From that day, he always called me little girl and asked me if I wanted his autograph. It was something we laughed about. He was my hero and great friend. May he rest in peace. Oh, I know. It's hard to lose friends. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, yeah, just he really has quite an acting career. He really, that in the heat of the night. And oh my gosh, Shelly Winters in that. Uh, patch of blue, just she was just mean as an old Shelly Winters in Titanic. I just oh. her, I couldn't, yeah, can't get her out of my mind in that. Yeah, and that movie was nominated like for a, a gazillion Oscars. Ugh. A patch of blues based on a book. So, anyway, rest in peace, uh, yeah. legend. That's three in one week, you guys. Betty White, Peter Bogdanovich, it and, always comes in threes, and Sydney, but you know. Sydney 94, hopefully just dying to sleep. I hope so, too. All right, listen, we'll be back. I love that Elvis song. Muti, if you're listening, we're doing a special Elvis segment just for you today, because tomorrow, January 8th, would have been Elvis's. So did him and David Bowie have their birthday on the same day? That's right. Are they both January 8th? Well, let me look. Yeah, I I, David Bowie's birthday is this weekend. Yeah, well, don't go stamping on my Elvis Presley with David Bowie right now. Although we will play Heroes because that mean, is a come great on. song. Come on, and he has an Elvis connection in that his last album he named Dark Star, which Elvis starred in a movie called Dark Star, huh? that apparently David Bowie was a fan of. Because, of course, you know, all those British guys loved Elvis. Yeah, of course. I mean, they loved Elvis. He, I mean, they, they, that was, he changed everything. So my mom was a teenage, um, a teenager in the 50s. And so she loved Elvis very much. I loved him, but I came to him late with the Suspicious Mind Tour was like, 
I mean, I remember Elvis, of course. But yeah. Elvis died when my sister, um, the summer my sister was killed. Oh, so no. it was kind of it a tragic, like, weird oh, time. Geez. And I remember just thinking, oh, and now Elvis has died. No, you know? El- yeah. This yeah, is- just very memorable in my mind. Oh, my gosh. 1977. Yeah. That the was summer the summer of 77. Mm-hmm. Oh, geez, Stephanie. I always, that's, you know, that is really something that that happened to you. Like that is, that was a before and after moment early in your life. Oh, so much so for my yeah. family. Like yeah. we just never were never the same. Never the same. After. Mm-hmm. My sister yeah. was 18 and I was 12. Oh my gosh, Stephanie. Yeah. Jeez. But well, it, 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 you know, again, you you deal with whatever you know your life is come kind of comes your way. It's and however, I, when my mom, this is kind of sad, but yeah. when my mom died, it gave me a lot of comfort for my mom because in my mind, whether you're spiritual or not, mm-hmm. I had this idea that they'd have this reunion, and it made it easier for me. Yeah, yeah, because it had been a long time, yeah. right? And my mom still was right. very sad about it. Oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I can't imagine. Well, look at Betty White's last word. I didn't know what her last word was. Huh. Alan. Yeah. Is that her daughter? Or no, her, her husband. husband. Wait, yeah. her last word was Alan? Alan. Like she saw him. Well. She knows the secret now. Okay. That uh-huh. she had, a, there was this great interview. Katie Kirk interviewed Betty White and we played it earlier this week. And, you know, I give it up to Katie Kirk. She just point blank. And I think Betty White was like in her 80, lady eight or something at the time. And Katie asked her, are you afraid of dying? You know, mm-hmm. and she said, no, my mother had a wonderful attitude about death. She just say, well, now they've gone on. And guess what, Betty? They know the secret. You yeah. know, and so she kind of made it like it was this adventure and this, you know, it's the next thing and we all get to do it. And none of us know what it is until we it happens to us, so they know the secret. So, if you've ever been with someone in their final days, I have. It's hard to know because there's usually morphine involved, but people do go uh, through their lives and they are acting out and talking yeah, and yeah. saying things that we just, you know, we don't know. Just yeah. like you said, it depends on how lucid. But Vicki Lawrence shared that story because again Betty White was in Mama's family a spinoff from Carol Burnett and was on Carol I mean you know I I didn't feel like she was talking out of school I think someone uh, people reached her and asked her for a comment she just said oh I heard you know she was at died in her home and it was kind of unexpected so um but um and said no when she didn't she hadn't just been vaccinated or boosted or something but she said that uh her um, manager must have been a very close friend was with her and, and he held her hand and she just her last word was Alan. Oh, this boy. is this just a quick second. Is of this, it? Dude. Okay. This is not the Alan part, but this is the secret part. Just a okay. quick second. Oh, not at all. My mother had the most wonderful outlook on death. She would always say, Nobody knows. People think they do. You can believe whatever you want to believe what happens at that last moment, but nobody ever knows until it happens but she said it's a secret so all growing up whenever we lose somebody she'd always say now they know the secret (laughs) oh that is really nice isn't it and it's nice to think that there is a secret you know that there's something Mm -hmm. because 
Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes it can feel pretty bleak to think about that. Oh, I always think of it as just, it's going to be something like amazing and magical. Yeah. Oh, that's just, so nice. Yeah. Gosh, yeah. that kind of chokes me up, Lori. Yeah. yeah, me too, actually. That's nice to hear. Yeah, I have always thought that. And I think, you know, like, uh, like she really adored Alan Ledden. They were married for 18 years and he died, I want to say like in 81 or something. And she just never... And she would kind of laugh about it because she married a war, you know, during World War II. She married a guy. They were married for like one year and she found out, you know, it was just a wartime romance. Right. She couldn't stand him. And then she married this other guy. And then she was just kind of, you know, single and had this kind of amazing career at CBS with her radio and television show. And But she met Alan Ludden because she started to do her manager, had her do the game shows. Mm-hmm. And like he was kind of a... Cat and a half. He had that sort of the glasses and he had this debonair kind of, I don't know, loungy. A feel. Yeah, yeah, he had a debonair loungy. Like he had BDE, I'm going to say. I Alan he did. We had a lot of conversation yeah. yesterday about BDE that I'm still <laughs> trying to recover from. Yeah. But you know, it's just that instant lady boner yep. that you have or instant boner, I guess, that you have for somebody when. Oh. Someone has that, like, I was watching a clip of Anne Margaret and, and Elvis, because, you know, they were the love of each other's life. Yeah, and they had so much sexual chemistry. And remember, oh. her name was Rusty in Viva Las Vegas, oh and she always wore those black, like, pantyhose that had, like, an extra panty outside, and then a turtleneck, and then, the you know, they were pantyhose, and, I mean, it's still such a great sexy sex kitten look. It is a good look. It is a good body look. body suits with the... And they loved each other, and, you know, but he had promised Priscilla's mom, because after all, Priscilla's mom and dad, even though her dad was like in the Air Force, I know my dad would not have allowed me as a 14-year-old to date a 21-year-old, even if it was Elvis. No. Because my mom would have elbowed me out of the way, and she would have been in there. And, um, but they allowed Elvis to quote unquote court, court Priscilla and they were stationed at like Ramstein Air Force Base in Germany. And he then at 16 or when he got out, maybe she's almost 17, she came and lived at Graceland and went to an all girl Catholic school while she lived at the Graceland with Elvis at the age of 17. Beyond. And he promised that he so would marry weird. her. Yeah. And they did marry, and I do think he loved her, but he really loved Aunt Margaret. And until he died, any time she played Las Vegas or on her birthday, he would fill her dressing room with flowers. Uh-huh. And Roger, uh, Aunt Margaret's husband, was he was fine with it. He just knew. Yeah. It was just like that once-in-a-lifetime thing. Wrong timing for yeah. them. Well, and your first love, I mean. But no, she they weren't each other's first love. They were like at, they were both at the right time, right place. But he had this obligation to Priscilla. Well, marriage. But he wasn't married. I don't know that he was married to. Okay. He wasn't married to her yet. But he couldn't be with Anne Margaret because he had promised himself to Priscilla. Okay. You know. Well, he had integrity, I guess, even though he yeah. was maybe a. Well, yeah, you know, in different times, I don't know what to say. It was different times, I'll give you that. Yeah. My mom married her, she was pregnant and married her high school sweetheart who was, they went to the senior prom together and my mom was a divorcee 
Oh, at the senior prom. Oh my word! And pregnant, oh, and they word. lived yeah. in the gr- gr- garage apartment yeah. of his family. Yeah, it sounds like the scandal. Yeah, it was a little scandalous because it was before birth control pill, yep. right? Right around then. I mean, it was uh, like this. You were sexy and horny, and someone was talking you out of your pants. Pants, and yep. it was like you could get pregnant and pull out. Does that work? Did you ever remember the story of how Julia met my mom and we were somewhere? Oh, it was when I was recovering from breast cancer. Okay. And my mom was in the room. Oh, my mom was in the room and somehow her and Julia got into a conversation about sort of my mom's history and our sister, Laura. And Julia looked at my mom and said, well, you were kind of (laughs) slutty. And my mom's face was not amused. Oh, <laughs> not at all. Yeah. Julia. And she always referred to Julia after that as your friend with no boundaries, Julia. Oh, oh that's so funny. <laughs> and she oh, really yeah. liked our friend Lisa Timmick. She'd say, I love your friend Lisa, but then there's your friend with no boundaries, oh, Julia. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. That was a judgy blurt. My oh, goodness. Just, that's and my thing. mom's face. And I remember yeah. looking over at her and thinking, oh, this is going to be good. Yeah, that's a that's an inside voice in the mind voice yeah, yeah. Keep, those, uh, keep those thoughts to yourself or you're super familiar with the person <laughs> yes. or it's a good friend or, yeah yeah i don't know no just but you know face. i totally shocked julia was so shocked at my family history like when i even just just told her even just a tiny bit because my like the fan we it could be you know soap opera it's so it's got everything it's got all kinds of dirt i mean it doesn't have like you know incest or anything like that but it's got every every well she grew up in a commune i mean what the heck yeah but i you know her parents had a a conventional like uh, our parent like my parents did not have a conventional beginning they it was my nobody. Nobody's parents were thrilled about my mom being pregnant, junior in high school, and my dad joining the air force and them getting married. Nobody was right. thrilled with that idea. People were scandalized. My mom couldn't wear a veil at the Lutheran church. Everybody knew they were pregnant, and that Larry, you know, was he stole <laughs> your grandpa's car, and they ran away to Mississippi the year before. Smoking cigarettes and Bonnie and Clyde. Yeah, no, like they were, it was like really, and Julia's like, whoa, you know. I said, my parents were like rebels. Well, my mom ended up marrying the family therapist. Oh, no, that's that's a really good delay. Let's add that one into my family story when we write our soap opera. (laughs) So, yes, we're going to need a few elements. There's a a caller called in to let you guys know there's a show called Surviving Death on Netflix, Mm -hmm. and it basically it goes, what happens when after you die this docu-series explores the stories and research on near-death experiences reincarnation and paranormal we have been told to watch this before that it's really quite good surviving death on netflix it came out in 2021 and the lady was said that when you were talking about betty white and her last words she was like this is something you want to check out all right cool thanks all right well all right uh listen we come back remember uh a couple days ago grant i told you the julia Fox era is upon us, and we've got a gossip couple off yesterday happening. Well, let me tell you, we had, um, I'm going to just call it a Hail Mary pass thrown last night as the next play in the couple off. Yes, we did. All right, we'll be right back. Just wanted to play that song. It just feels like a good Friday song. It kind of fits with the. 
this I'm going to call it Cinderella celebrity couple off 2022. So um, let's just um, let's just back up the bus and catch everybody up on this hot, hot gossip. Okay, so gossip is giving us. And you know who's mad about this? This is J-Lo and Ben. Because they we've not seen... You know what I mean? It's They've been, been so, out. Out. We mm-hmm. haven't seen anything. So as Gossip is giving us this couple off to kick off 2022, Kanye West and Julia Fox have answered Kim's bikini and her trip. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Up to the Bahamas with Pete Davidson. I'm going to call this a Hail Mary. They didn't even do a strong forehand. They just threw the Hail Mary because... He meets this woman, Julia Fox, who's got a great name, on New Year's Eve. Okay. okay. That was just one long week ago. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. And they met in Miami. Then they went on a second date in New York City on Tuesday night. And they went to a play. And by Wednesday afternoon, you know, then our heads whipped to the other side of our head when Kanye or when Pete and, and you know, Kim showed up photographed in the Bahamas and he's looking like, you know, just a Long Island guy in his socks and sandals. And she's not in a full body costume. She's like in holy jeans and cleavage. It probably felt so good to have air touch her skin again. (laughs) You know, she's out of her skin tight. Yeah, the the knees are ripped at the jean. It's low slung. It's like a bathing suit. I'm like, oh, she's so happy to have skin because she's been clothed up yeah, like in I don't know bandages. what. So anyway, and then um then then you know and in the Tuesday night photo we saw of the Julia Fox and Kanye, you know, she had a coat on then a different coat and then different pants and then walked by the paparazzi to show she was ready because her G-string or song was it was riding very low on the behind her and then her people put out the thing that oh hey everybody she was Pete Davidson's Barbie in his Ken layout in Paper Magazine two years ago. Just to, you know, yep. there's another connection. The so the Hail Mary that Kanye and Julia Fox, who is very ready, I told you that, you guys. She's she ready, ready for... She's ready. Listen to this. I was screaming when I was reading this. So Julia, here's what they have an exclusive interview in or essay in Interview Magazine. So this isn't people, this is interview, this is a whole different, this is the New York, the cool vibe, you know what I mean, Grant? It's, it's like artsy. Yep. Artsy. Yep. Yep. 
and Julia Fox, who's ready, writing a brief but very detailed essay about how they met just one week ago on this isn't Friday. This is an actual magazine interview, which yeah, well, is not a fly-by-night magazine. No, and it's on interview.com. It, it broke okay. last night. Oh, gosh. And um, she she said, you know, she said she was impressed. He arrived at the start, but here it is. Okay, he, was, he arrived on time for this play, which I am too, because Kanye, like Mariah, I don't think he's punctual, yep. but whatever. <laughs> here's, here's what Julia Fox, she ready, wrote. At the restaurant... Yay, directed an entire photo shoot for me. Wait a second. While people dined. Okay, no, I'm screaming. This is just, listen. This is like legit. This is legit. The whole restaurant loved it and cheered us on while it was happening. After dinner, Yay had another surprise for me. I mean, I'm still in shock. Yay. She had to be told how many times to use his new say, name. I was going to say, she keeps like, I just she keeps calling, am I calling. Am I pronouncing it right by calling it yay? Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Okay. And yay. Yay had an entire hotel suite full of clothes. It was every girl's dream come true. Oh. It felt like a real Cinderella moment. I don't know how he did it or how he got it all there in time. People. But I was so surprised. Like, who does things like this on a second date or on any date? Desperate men. Everything has been so organic. <laughs> I don't know. Organic? Things... I know. <laughs> it's so There's nothing organic state. about any of it. Yeah. I don't know where things are headed, but if this is any indication of the future, I'm loving the ride. <laughs> and a ride it is. I am screaming. Are you screaming? I mean, wow. I, imagine being in that restaurant while Kanye directs a bunch of a photo shoot uh, around his new muse while people are just trying to have their carbonara. Yeah, Because exactly. he took her to the restaurant that Kim's favorite place in New York. Okay. Okay. And, of course, it's a Cinderella moment because... Kanye's whole hot boyfriend thing. He thinks he's there to Cinderella. He's up, their Svengali. But he he's he's Cinderella in that up. And he did do that with Kim. Yeah. He did. And and what he, do you call that? You have a word for that where they swoop in and they well, love bombing yeah, for the sure. Love but bomb. he's like, you know, he made Kim I remember she talked about it. He made her give away everything in her wardrobe. Before he met her. Yeah, it's all very weird. It's all very weird. He's so controlling. Who it's does weird. that? It's, it's a rich weirdo is yeah, who does a, it. Okay, a, that's who does it, yeah. Julia Fox. It's a rich weirdo. But she's along for the ride. She might need the publicity. She's trying oh, to be something. Are yeah. you kidding me? She's so right. I mean, he's flexing his ego. He Then the three photos... They're posed photos. One of them, he's in his rubber snowman Yeezy boots. <laughs> I mean, he just, I, I, when women think of romantically making out with someone in a school hallway, it's not that guy. Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> at all. At all. That's not the fantasy. And then there's one where she's, they're in a closet surrounded by all the clothes he picked out for her. And she's. On top of him, but covering him, and so the most prominent you see thing you see is her butt, and that she's very much straddling him. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, I want to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's. I'll tell you who does that: a rich weirdo with major control issues. Who's trying to make his ex-wife jealous? You yeah. forgot that part. But the bigger question is. 
how will Chris and Kim fire back? <laughs> It'll this, happen next week. This this is what makes this so great. Oh my gosh! Anyway, That's we posted really that. When... We, we posted the essay and the photos. Oh, you'll scream! Is oh, the funniest great. thing ever. So obvious. Such a hail mary. So early in the game. Yeah.